Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I am currently uh, trying to get my daughter to read the Hunger Games series and failing. I would assume that she would have just like been like a fish in water with that series. Um, yeah, me too. Um, she read the first one. She refused to read the rest, so we watched huh. the movies instead and uh, still hasn't worked, I guess. I, I don't know. Well, if she's watched the movies, why would she want to read them now? <laughs> she knows the whole plot. Uh See, my daughter is ultra fantasy, like to the max. She's currently, I don't remember the name of the series she's reading right now, but it's about wizards and spells and elves and things that you would have in fantasy. And if it's not that, she just, she just doesn't have Meh. a lot of interest. She's yeah. out. Huh? Uh, I'm Jay and I, I fled Idaho Falls this holiday weekend and, and went camping, which meant that that meant I was playing digital games, and I played a bunch of uh, uh, Sild League Eternal and then Booster Draft Eternal, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm Josh, and tonight I reminded myself again why I don't like to go into retail establishments. <laughs> like, I don't like shopping at all, and the word on the street is I might get pitched a shopping game tonight, and... <laughs> <laughs> the barrier to entry just got steeper tonight. Where, where did you try to go shopping, Josh? Man, my wife needed like these two specific type of camp chairs, and I went to lots of places: um, Cabela's, Sportsman's Warehouse, Target, Big Five Sporting Goods, Walmart. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I probably would have hated that too, but you know, I was I was as efficient as a man can be, but it was not meant to be. The only this shopping why... game I can think of is is the women's half of um, Ladies and Gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and Gentlemen? <laughs> well, this was not that fun. <laughs> so we have a very special guest this week. I'm very excited. Casey Willis. Hello, Casey. How are you doing? Hello, everyone. I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> resounding. I mean... And it's so good to talk to you guys again. It's been quite a while. Uh, I was on Chain Attack several years ago. Yeah, like yeah. several evolutions ago, even. Yeah, right? I think, yeah, I think so. Uh, and then we we usually see one another. At least Jay and I do uh, at Gen Con, but that's not going to happen this year. Sad. Uh, so I might have to make my own super uh, horseradishy cocktail sauce <laughs> to. Uh, you may not remember, but you were also on a podcast series to get um, uh, Scott and I to Poland, and you told us all about the tacos in Atlanta, and it was, That's it right. was fan fantastic. 
<laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it because I said something like, to me, that was very pedestrian. I think I said fried chicken taco, and you guys freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> but now, I assume now, fried chicken tacos are everywhere where you guys live. Uh, you would assume wrong. Oh, dang it. I like your optimism, though. So, two, two things real quick. Uh, I, I have to admit, I am quite jealous that... Uh, like this resounding okay that you gave, uh, like I would give a lot to to be okay right now. <laughs> it seems like a good uh, good aspiration. Well, um, I, I feel okay because I I realize that I may have lost almost a whole chunk of of painted miniatures. Oh so no! Everybody that's listening, I I know these guys from playing War Machine. And, um, but painting is, I really love to paint, paint miniatures. And, uh, so that was really my entry into War Machine. I was never good like these guys were. <laughs> so, um, uh, but I've always been a miniature painter. And, uh, the story I was going to tell you guys, and we can expound on it later if you want to, but last November, uh, I'm coming home from work. It's been about, uh, my wife and I bought a house and we were in the house, I think a year and like a week. And I turn into the driveway and it's November. So it's night. It, you know, it's dark after I get off work and I turn in the driveway. I'm like, that's weird. Why is there water in the driveway? And as my lights come up the hill and, and illuminate the garage door, it looks like a waterfall is coming over the garage door. Oh, oh no. Uh, oh, no. The, you know, the flexible supply line that goes from the, your sink fixtures like from yeah. the valve to the fixture uh-huh. yeah one yeah. of those blew off and i have no idea how long it was out but i think a really really long time <laughs> oh no <laughs> flooded it flooded the our master bathroom master bedroom down that hall and then the kitchen which is right underneath there and the um uh garage uh super bad and uh we were living in a residence inn for four and a half months. Oh after. my heavens! They had to take all the floors, and well, luckily, um, hardly any of our personal stuff got damaged. But a packing company came and took all my board games. But I had packed them up beforehand, and uh, I had packed everything up and and put it uh, in a way that I liked. And I think they repacked everything. And then I noticed that I didn't have um, my Rising Sun game, which oh. uh, did you see that one a couple of years ago at Gen Con? Yeah, I, yeah. I've it, played it. Yeah, it has some serious minis in it. And I had painted all of the I've, monsters from the base set and then oh, a bunch of other heck. stuff. And like I had custom Casey, stuff. I've, I've yeah. been on a journey with you because I loved like seeing your, your Twitter post. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Painting your Oni from Rising Sun. Yes, and so yes. this this story is is caught like <laughs> I already have enough wounds in my soul right now, Casey. Why are you telling me this story? <laughs> I was just trying to justify why I was only okay. Oh, okay. okay. Well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I've got the pack out company, and this has been months because I I was like, oh, it maybe it's at my sister's house, and we and then we haven't been able to go to my sister's house because of uh, COVID. And Corona. so I went there this past weekend 
And I looked and I couldn't find them there. And I was like, they must have them. And I wrote everything down and, and I called them up and I just want them back. You know, I just hope we can get them and find them. So uh, I was pretty depressed for the past two days only because it was the rising sun stuff. It was uh, three fully painted uh, 40K armies that I've had since the 90s, or at least one of them I'd been working on since the early, late 90s, early 2000s. And then all my War Machine stuff uh, and my Gasland stuff that I had just uh, started oh, getting. No. So I hope I can find them. I hope they find them. Uh, I'm still holding that hope uh, because... I feel like if it went to another house, the odds that those people would have any idea what those things are <laughs> are very low. So hopefully uh, um, we'll be able to track this down and get them back to us. Well, so I've got three things to play off of this real quick, Casey. Okay. So first one, uh, a, a story of uh, me having parents that are getting like advanced in years. So they're they're kind of dealing with a situation a little bit like yours, except they they had like uh, a, some water break in their basement, and but it wasn't like a big leak, and they so they're old now, and so they don't go up and down the stairs that much right. anymore. They they just stay upstairs, and they finally went downstairs, and like the water had broken like three weeks earlier, and wow. they had no idea, and so. Like there's mold that's been climbing up the legs of the sofa, <laughs> and so yeah, they've they basically like have uh, the insurance company has had to gut the whole basement and et cetera. So good times. Um, <laughs> so we we've skipped past a little bit of the oh, beginning yeah. of this show. Um, maybe ah. we should circle round back and and talk about. At least we need to talk, bare minimum, we need to talk about who Casey is. <laughs> Everyone in the world knows. <laughs> For those who live under a rock, Casey, can you can you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Casey Willis, and uh, I uh, live in Atlanta, Georgia, and here I work on a show called Archer, and I am the executive producer now and the showrunner for the past two seasons. So. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So basically, um, the <laughs> to help me make sure I understand like the the responsibilities of that title title. Yeah, uh, um, so like basically they they like take big stacks of cash and have you roll around in it. And uh, that's your responsibility. Is that correct? No. Well, I don't know how it is in other uh, areas that produce content, but here in Atlanta, it's a little it's a little more country. <laughs> Um, yeah it's definitely not la uh standards um but uh i um i kind of uh what i used to say that i did was i made sure that uh, the show's creator and and uh uh sole writer for the longest time adam reed my job was to just make sure that everything that he wanted was in the show and i had to uh just basically interpret for him what he wanted like, like i knew how, what he wanted and i would let everybody else know and then the other things i did was i i would uh um direct the voiceover sessions as well uh, i still do that uh adam uh stepped back from writing 
uh, after season 10. He wrote four episodes in season 10, and then I was responsible for getting writers for the other four. So um, it's it was a bit different uh, going from the entire series being written by one person, which is insane, by the way. Uh, almost every other TV show, uh, animated or live action, has a team of writers. Um, he He's kind of a perfectionist, and he just did everything himself. Uh, even in the first season, he was on ev- in every re- recording session and in every edit session. Uh, eventually, he started letting... He's, he knew he couldn't do everything, and he started uh, giving more responsibility to me and to other other folks. But um, I think he knew we, he was in good hands in season two. Uh, there's two episodes that we, we refer to as the cancer episodes. It's Archer gets cancer, and in the second episode, he starts doing chemotherapy, and he finds out that... Uh, somebody's been selling fake chemotherapy drugs and he goes on a rampage and um people I have to, I have to just yeah i just yeah. tell you that's probably my favorite episode of archer of all time it's pretty fantastic and uh <laughs> that was the first episode that adam didn't touch the edit on it and me and uh matt thompson the other executive producer we did the edit for that or you know we sat with the editor pierre uh and did the edit with him and uh then the um, the head of FX called Adam up and he goes, that's my favorite episode of all time. <laughs> He's like, that's the best episode you did. And he goes, well, I guess you guys can do this. <laughs> uh, since then, you know, for a while, he and I would do the record sessions t- together and then he had to step back from that too. And so uh, then I was directing the voiceover sessions and, and now I have to, um, I work with him at the beginning of the season and we come up with ideas for episodes and uh, overarching storylines and stuff like that. And then I have to find writers. And um, we still don't do it like like a traditional writer's room. It's still kind of like freelance style. Uh, but I, I assign writers to episodes and work with them to try to get the, the episodes, the tone of the episodes correct. And then I also uh, direct voiceover, which is probably one of my favorite things to do. And um, then just... Lots and lots of notes after that, reviewing animatic cuts and animation cuts and just giving notes and giving notes. That's all we do. But we're super lucky because um, uh, we sent everybody home and uh, a lot of a lot of entertainment uh, producers have been out of work because right, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of networks for the live action stuff, they just said shut it down and they sent everybody home. Well, uh, they told us to send, to send everybody home, uh, but we wanted to keep everybody working. So our IT department and everybody worked together and figured out ways that we could uh, make this happen. So we, we've all been working from home, and, and it's really – I'm so proud of everybody, uh, all the artists and animators and everyone else, uh, producers, editors, that are working together with us and just uh, trying to make it happen from home. So uh, I should – plug this real quick um april no april what the july <laughs> hold on <laughs> i'm so bad it's now currently july casey yeah. <laughs> july 24th uh friday july 24th at 5 p.m pacific time uh archer's comic-con panel will will be 
broadcast, I guess. It's uh, youtube.com slash Comic-Con. And so they're doing Comic-Con uh, virtual, just like all, all kind of conventions are going virtual this, this year. And uh, so there's going to be a Comic-Con panel. Uh, I'm on it, on the Archer panel, and we have a lot of fun. Uh, if you've ever seen Archer panel before, it's it's a clusterfuck. It is, it's such a shit show on stage. And uh, it's just as bad um, over Zoom. <laughs> so get ready for that. Or, just yeah. with more people asking to mute their microphones, <laughs> I presume. Yeah. And uh, they're probably, I don't know, I, I don't want to promise stuff, but there might be announcement about the premiere of season 11 on that, uh, on that particular panel. There may be. I can't say for sure. So well, tell us. I'm definitely about... looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Good, good, good. So tell us about your gaming history. How oh, big of a nerd are you? Oh, I'm super. Big. I mean, he painted the Oni in Rising Sun, Trevor. Is that not good <laughs> enough for you? I, I'm not asking. I'm not. I'm not like trying to, you know, set the bar or anything. I know you're just clearly, doing your job. clearly, clearly, he's above me. But it, I want to know what sort of things he's interested in. I know what sort of things he is interested in. I want the audience to know what sorts of things he's interested in. I've always uh, had a board games uh, as a kid. I when I remember I remember having the Donkey Kong board game, uh, which was pretty awesome because it had a bunch of barrels and a monkey. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, then I uh, I remember getting into like role-playing games and stuff, a kid down the street. So this would be in the 80s. And a kid down the street, his name was Roman. He had like the, you know, orange box set. And was it orange or was it red? I have a red-green deficiency. I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> uh, probably red. Yeah, probably okay. red. Oh, the red box set. <laughs> so yeah. it looked orange to me. Uh, which the red-green deficiency is, it works so well being in a visual medium that <laughs> also paint miniatures. So a lot of times I'm like, what color is this? Um, but uh, he had that and we played uh, basic D&D a little bit. And then another neighbor down the street, uh, we would, he, he said it was Warhammer role-playing, but then later I got the role, Warhammer role-playing book and it was totally not, what he was playing but it didn't matter like we would just sit on my porch and he would be the dungeon master and i would just play whatever game he he had and it was like total homebrew uh before i even knew what that word was um and this is pretty nerdy i i bought the uh, marvel superhero the tsr marvel superhero role-playing game yes. and they had a book called the ultimate powers book mm-hmm. and it was so amazing because uh, I've had lots of role-playing games. The other role-playing game I really, really loved was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle role-playing game. And I don't know if I ever really played a session of it. I would just make characters all the time. And so between the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle role-playing game and then that Marvel Ultimate Powers book, it was just because I didn't really have other people to play with except for those kids. And you know they wouldn't play all the time. So it would just be me in my room with a bunch of notebook paper, just making out, making characters, rolling up characters. And uh, I still love that uh, to this day. One of the neat features of the, the Marvel superheroes RPG, at least back then was it was one of the first games that I remember 
the ability to basically customize everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the powers were very customizable and the levels were very customizable to the point where you could make things that, that sometimes didn't make sense, you know, like armor that was the strength of, you know, Swiss cheese or whatever. You, you just strange things that didn't necessarily work, but they were, that was your superpower, you know, and, and there was very few other games that I can think of. In fact, I can't think of any that had that level of customization. I remember in the book, like when it talked about magic, it would just be like, even magic, you could just do anything you want with magic. And you're like, what? <laughs> so, it's, just like, it's like super powerful, and you just, whatever the players want to do, you just they just have to be able to justify it. Or, like, it was a very loose description of magic, and I was like, this is insane. Magic is the most powerful thing in the universe. Uh, but well, it was really it, cool. Magic was super broken in that game because it basically, you, the way you cast a spell was you basically used points to craft another power. Yeah, and, it gave, yeah. and you, so you would take the the superpower magic, and it basically gave you a huge pool of additional points to build additional powers. So you were basically, <laughs> unless the GM kind of reined you in a little bit, you were basically ten times more powerful than all the other characters in it's the game. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> Jay is Jay is speaking from a magic user in that game. Oh, okay. <laughs> that the uh, perspective. That ultimate powers book. The Rolling up characters in that was so fun because I want to say it used uh, percentile percentile dice. And out of a possible hundred that you can roll, there was probably 90 different backgrounds that you could roll on this chart. Like, oh, you're a mutant. Well, what kind of mutant are you? Are you a mutant because of exposure? Were you born a mutant? Were you, you know, there were so many cool things. And I, man, I just loved it. I'm, I'm glad to I'm glad chart, to talk with another man chart. who shares my passion for character creation. <laughs> and so that's why uh have you played uh the board game role player? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's just the perfect game because it's got a little bit of math in it, but it's also it gives you that feel of like, oh I'm just making a character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, they have a Kickstarter up now for basically a it's basically a campaign yeah. uh version of role player, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, and so you can. Mm, I'm excited uh, about that. I don't want to shill for the 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 person who's not paying me, but the cool <laughs> thing, the game like you can use pre-gen characters in the game, and the the artwork looks awesome because it looks all like old uh, '80s D and D scenarios, like uh, what am I? Adventure modules. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the covers all look like old adventure modules. And uh, you could use the pre-gen characters or you could play a session of role player and then use the character that you made in that session of role player and then import it into role player adventures and use it on an adventure. So oh, you're mm. giving me heart palpitations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, through going to comic book shops and uh, stores that sold uh, role playing games, that's how I started looking at miniatures. And then I had another friend who was really big into games and uh there was a, a catalog that used to be printed on newsprint and it was called war games west do you guys remember this at all mm, yeah and so he got me in, hooked on the war games west catalog which just had every avalon hill game every Ral partha miniature all listed in there and i would just like salivate over that um and then i started getting into miniatures warhammer uh was probably my first one 
Warhammer 40K, I mean, and then uh, played a lot of that through the 90s. Uh, played a lot of Necromunda, which was probably my favorite miniatures game experience of all time. Uh, rivaled closely by War Machine, which I then got into after I kind of petered out on uh, 40K and didn't play it for a long, long time. And now I'm just like super into board games and painting miniatures that come in board games and just an all-around geek. And I didn't even talk about video games, which uh, that is a given. <laughs> just sort of assumed, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> so one of, one of the things that uh, I guess this pandemic has revealed is that like one of the things that was really I enjoyed about my life is that like every month or two, like I would go to this con, I would meet awesome people, and, and a lot of times, like you know, if I go to Adepticon, there's usually there'd be a, a few friends that I only see at Adepticon, and when I go to Gen Con, there's a few people I only see at Gen Con, etc. And and now that all of that is stopped, um, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, well, we did have well a said. tradition of of. I got to see Casey every every year at Gen Con, and we would have dinner together, and uh, just always had an enjoyable time. Um, and uh, one of the things I enjoyed about uh, meeting with you was that you're you're kind of like Josh. Uh, you you just have a lot of joy out of playing board games, and so it, it's fun to hear like what what games have been um, tickling your fancy lately. Um, and so I guess to start off, I don't know if with the pandemic, if you've been able to do much board gaming, but has, mm-hmm. have there been any games that have been, um, that you've especially enjoyed? Yeah. Uh, we, you know what, let me, I also log all my plays on, uh, uh <laughs> what's the name of the app again? Um, it's BG not stats. On board game Geek? No, oh, BG I do stats. it on BG yeah. stats, which okay, is like okay. the board game. Uh, yeah. it's, so that translated into I recently also to lose weight started logging everything I eat into um, my fitness pal mm-hmm. because I was already like I was talking about it with my wife and I was like I, I log all my video, my board game plays if I can't log my food to try to lose weight then what am I <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, yeah and I don't okay, I'm not that bad I don't log my online plays on things like board game arena. I I like, I draw the line there (laughs) because to me, that's almost like video game experience. And I don't, I don't log plays of apps that are board game apps. I feel like that doesn't count either in my opinion. Um, But recently, uh, what have we played that, uh, that we liked? Cause it's just been my wife and I. Mm. So, um, we have been playing. Uh, we played a couple two-player games. It, uh, a good two-player game recommendation is uh, Mandala. Have you guys heard of Mandala? It's Isn't a str- that kind of a classic. I, th- I, I think it's quite new. Is it? That okay. might be it's a Euro, right? No, it's a card game. So uh, let me make sure I'm saying the right word. It's a card game, and it's strictly for two people. It's by um, I don't remember who put it out. But it's really good card game where uh, the cards um, you have to you have to think about like two or three things simultaneously as you're playing the cards. Like you want to have enough cards to beat uh, your opponent uh, to gain the cards that are in the center, 
but then you also have to know uh, that when you win those cards, they're going to go into a slot on your side of the board, and that's how many points each one's going to be worth. So if you win cards early, they're not worth a lot of points, but if you win them later in the game, they're going to be worth a ton of points. Okay. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, we've just uh, played The Crew the other day with my family. Have you guys played that? I have not, yeah. It is a small trick-taking game, so like spades or hearts, mm -hmm. but there's a little 50-mission campaign that goes along with this trick-taking game. So it's the basic. The basis is like spades, but then uh, it'll say that okay, th this player has to win the trick that contains the pink two or the yellow three or whatever, and. So those are the starts of the missions, and I only played a little bit, but it's pretty cool. There's objectives, and it's a cooperative game. It's not uh, competitive. So you're playing a trick-taking game cooperatively and trying to make sure different players win uh, different tricks. It's pretty pretty cool. And then uh, a game that's a couple years old, but uh, I just got it, is uh, The Quacks of Quinlanburg. Oh, fantastic. So With or without good. the expansion. Yeah, uh, I've got the expansion, but I haven't played with it yet. Okay. But it's so, just the base game is great. And then in that game, uh, there's like four different modules of the ingredients that you can play with. So it looks like it's got a ton of game. And uh, yeah, I really, really enjoy that game. It's really fun. It receives high praise at the Wheeler household for being one of four games that Mrs. Wheeler, Dr. Wheeler, will actually request. So. Yeah. Mm. It's that a, tells you that it's, you know... What are, what are the other three requests? Uh, Catan... Jeez, I didn't know you were going to oh, no. call me oh, out no. on, that, on that number, Jay. <laughs> uh, crap, now I can't think of the other one. It'll come back to me. I'll shout okay. out. I, I, I can tell you one that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's a low bar. <laughs> it is true. I just remember, I thought for sure she was going to enjoy... Uh, formula d and we pulled it out and her eyes oh. basically immediately rolled into the back of her head and i'm like i haven't even explained how to play yet <laughs> and it's not like it's a complex game but she's she a was, woman who knows what she likes yeah she was out that quick she's just like no not for me i've been playing stuff on uh board game arena with some friends of mine and uh i like that uh we were talking earlier i like board game arena because it's all scripted and uh, everything is is there, and I just click the different buttons. You still have to know the rules of the game, uh, but unlike other things like like a Tabletopia, I'm not m knocking all the components all over the board. Or... <laughs> Plus, I, you know, and this is partly my fault. I have a bit of an older computer, and it doesn't like to run uh, Tabletopia. I haven't tried Tabletop Simulator though, and I heard maybe it's kind of a it has some scripted stuff and then also some of those sandbox elements. But on Board Game Arena, uh, you guys mentioned Formula D. There's a. Have you played Rallyman GT? No. Mm -mm. It is a uh, racing game uh, in the vein of like a Formula D. But uh, instead of rolling the different uh, polyhedral dice, it's you have to plot out your your path using just d6s but um there's one for each gear and then there's some ones for coasting and braking and it just has hazards on them 
Um, the higher you go up, the more hazards there might be. And if you ever get three hazards on your turn, you spin out. So it's sort it's, of a pressure luck. It's totally pressure luck because there's two ways you can do it. You can you can plan out your route and then roll each one individual. And then when you see that, oh, I have two hazards, I should I should probably stop. You can. Or you can do something called going flat out where you just pick them all up and roll them. (laughs) 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 But if you if you make it or I I think even if you don't make it, you'll get these things called focus, which the focus tokens can then later be used to automatically pass or, you know, lock in a die. Uh, It's really cool. And and it's got a lot of cool positioning uh, elements to it because um, the you want to try to maintain your speed but it was the first time even more than formula d where i was like okay i can break into this corner and then i can accelerate out of it and then i'll be going faster so i can go first next turn it's really really cool okay so casey the uh what we want to do for the next portion of the podcast Mm -hmm. so uh, th- this is going to piggyback a little bit on something that we did in our last bonus episode where you know, I was having a discussion with Josh and like one of my uh, deep geek shames is is that I own a Switch mm-hmm. and uh, I can't say that I've enjoyed any of the games that I own on my Switch. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, I'm guessing my Switch is like Josh's Switch in that I own one, but I never get to touch it. <laughs> is, is that the case for you, Josh? That's a fairly accurate description. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, you had when when we were conversing a little bit back and forth. Yeah. Um, you you had mentioned that you have really been enjoying Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. and and. It's it's a game that really all three of us have have just been kind of like I don't get it and so um, <laughs> I I'm excited for you to I guess tell us why you love this this game and and maybe uh, pitch why why maybe we might enjoy it yeah give us the elevator pitch why is it okay for old men. <laughs> I well, it's it's made for old men because there's no twitch reflexes that you need. There's, okay, yes. Uh, there's no uh, online component where you get yelled at by a twelve year old. <laughs> it's wait, just wait, wait, wait. I'll get yelled at by a twelve year old. It just won't be online. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, and it's a calming uh, simulator of uh, a life on an island surrounded by uh, all kinds of animals. Um, and uh, you just get to customize your, your island and uh, make it your own. And there's really no goals. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a little bit of a goal. like there's, But no, there's really not. It's just... Um, I, I think it's, it's a divisive game because um, you either like that or you don't. And I've heard other people describe it as checking email, the game. <laughs> you just go and you're like... Apparently I'll love it since I do that all day. <laughs> right. You got to go and you talk to everybody every day and they just say the same crap. And, and you go and you, you pick fruit or find shells. And I mean, there was. I'm pretty excited because there was just an update last week. So this is a super fortuitous time to record the episode. And in this update... 
you can now go swimming off the the coast Whoa. and collect sea creatures. <laughs> <laughs> so. One of the other nicknames I've heard for this game is basically uh, Chore Simulator. Sure. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. <laughs> and, and I don't have enough chores in my life right now. <laughs> yeah, you don't want somebody yelling at you because you didn't uh, uh, pick enough cherries for, yeah. to make to construct the cherry wall that you were trying and, to construct. I'm actually, it makes me kind of sad that, like, I I hear the game described, and, like, I have, so, I have a lot of friends who love this game, Mm -hmm. and, and it came out, you know, right, kind of when we were in the heart of the pandemic. Yes. There were people who were begging Nintendo, like, Nintendo, do the right thing, release Animal Crossing two weeks early. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh Um, And, and I'm super glad that this game brought so many people so much joy, but, like, I completely feel like I am a colorblind old man and all these people are talking about how awesome this this video game that that has these amazing red and greens in it <laughs> are. And I'm just As like... As a I, colorblind I, person, I take offense to that. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies, Casey. <laughs> That's what we're here for, to offend all I, the colorblind people. I really do feel that... Uh, and this is... A lot of games are like this. Uh... But especially Animal Crossing is that you you get you get what you put into it, and by that I mean uh, if you're willing to immerse yourself in this world, and if you're willing to uh, enjoy the little personality quirks that all your neighbor animals have on the island, then it's going to pay off for you. But if you just kind of look at it kind of face value and say like, yeah, I'm just picking apples, and then I got to sell the apples, and then I have I you know, there's been a lot of people who've been making the same jokes that, that I feel like they're almost hacky right now about mm. Tom Nook, how he's like, he's this evil uh, overlord who just change you uh, it, into these contracts and you just constantly owe him money. Uh, I, I actually Nook, saw that he was on like a, it was a list of like the top 10 video game villains of all time or something. <laughs> or it was, it was like the top 20 or something. I don't remember, but he was, I was like, wait. Isn't he from Animal Crossing? <laughs> I feel like they've got it all twisted. They're trying to portray Tom Nook as as evil Mr. Potter, when really Tom Nook is the George Bailey of this. He gives you... so Tom. Okay, Nook, now you're selling me. I'm, okay. I'm interested. Tom <laughs> is, That's one of Trevor's favorite movies. <laughs> oh, same, same. Uh, Tom Nook is... He's either a raccoon or a tanuki. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but, um, he, first of all, when you go and talk to him and you want to upgrade your house, he just does it. He's like, cool. Here's your house. Your house is now bigger. You've got another room on your house, but now you owe me money. And here's the <laughs> other thing. The month. So he gives you the, the, you know, the house first, then you got to pay him the loan. Zero interest. Oh, oh wow. God. Yeah. Right. So how is that evil? So, you know, it's fictional. i do remember i think that uh somebody was talking about um it's a wonderful life and how uh they were so upset with mr potter because they're like ah you're living in potter's slums and and if you fall behind on his rent he's not gonna help you and apparently like what he was charging them was like two percent interest on the loans (laughs) 
And Matt was like, oh, evil Mr. Potter and his 2% interest. (laughs) Not even keeping up with inflation. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, I'm worried that Animal Crossing is like a Rorschach test demonstrating that I lack imagination. Because the not having goals, I feel like, is what throws me off. Like It's like I lack the imagination to decide what to make my goal be, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you some questions, Casey, because I don't—I'm still not sure I understand. Okay. So, have you have you played Stardew Valley? I haven't, but I've heard it compared. I've heard Animal Crossing compared to Stardew Valley. Okay, so in Stardew Valley, which is a, a game that my family absolutely adores. Okay. Uh, I don't ever get to play it because, again, it's on our Switch and refer to what I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in Stardew Valley, you don't necessarily have any goals, but there are quests you can take on. And there are members of society that you go and talk to, and generally you're trying to improve your relationship with those relationships with those people, and then eventually you can get married to one of them, you can have children, you can upgrade your house, etc. So there are some similarities here, but to me it feels like in Stardew Valley you're guided a little bit more through that process because the the desire to go to the next day is generally money driven. Mm. Would you say that that's that there's any similarities there? Are you yeah. trying to get money to be able to, to upgrade your house to buy? Yes. I don't know what you buy in in Animal Crossing. In, in uh, Stardew Valley, you would be, you know, you would buy a, the next cow, or you would buy, mm-hmm. um, a, a, you know, a, a chicken, or you would buy your grain silo. Yeah, I think it's it's very similar, except uh, remove any uh, any gaining of prestige. <laughs> <laughs> you uh it it sounds similar it does sound like stardew valley is a little bit more of a game than uh than animal crossing but you do you want to get that money uh so you start in in this version of animal crossing you it's uh you start just with a tent and then you want to upgrade it to a house and then the house you can keep upgrading to more and more rooms on your house up to a point okay in do you get to customize that, or because in, yes. in Stardew Valley your home is a is a set uh, layout, and as you upgrade it, it just goes to the next bigger set layout. It is um the where the rooms are located is set, but okay. then you get to uh, decorate it however you want, put okay. whatever floors and wallpaper you want up. Uh, so, so that like that's... right now my house has um. Uh, my upstairs is this cool library that I've made that's playing classical music when you go into it. And um, my downstairs has a wrestling ring and uh, some pinball machines. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that is similar to Stardew Valley. You can customize your home, but the layout is, is you can't change that. Yeah. Last, last question relating it to Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. In Stardew Valley, there are throughout the year, there's seasons and there are, festivals that happen in the city at various points during the year such as the egg festival where everyone goes and hunts the eggs there's a a soup festival where they create soups for a visitor etc is there anything like that in in uh, animal crossing absolutely 100 percent. in fact uh so the egg festival probably is like bunny day where zipper comes who's the bunny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See now, Zipper might need to be put on the biggest villains of all time. That sounds like a clown, like a Stephen King character or something. Uh, well, wait till you see his face. He's <laughs> dead-eyed bunny that's like super happy and wearing overalls and 
<laughs> looks looks different than all the other animals in a way. It's uh, so there's there's Bunny Day. There's um, there's cool stuff that's going on right now where uh, they have to they they localize it, and you can play whatever you want. But I play for the Northern Hemisphere because I live in the Northern Hemisphere. But uh, they they've got Northern Hemisphere events and Southern Hemisphere events going on. So uh, the the bugs that come to the island change. The fish that are available change. And then there's um, a couple weeks ago there was a bug tournament where you tried to catch the most bugs and then you could trade them in for different uh, special um, uh, items. And then uh, right now in the shop you can buy this little item. It's a decorated bamboo that then it shows what it's for and it says on the bottom of the screen it's for the Japanese holiday Tanabata. So I hope they keep doing stuff like that where it's like things from around the world, uh, holidays that might pop up that you might not know about and you could get a little education from it. That might be cool. I know uh, usually in uh, August of every year in Animal Crossing, there's usually um, fireworks every uh, weekend night. And that's because uh, in Japan, uh, summertime, especially in August, um, there's usually festivals and there's usually fireworks shows at every festival. So that's stuff that goes on. And I think there's going to be probably snowmen that show up in winter and stuff like that, too. So I, I, I will, before we move on and grade this game and then do give our go, no-go thing. Yeah, I have um, a couple of qu- Stardew Valley questions as well, but go ahead. Okay. Um, I just want to mention that I did a search for Zipper Bunny Animal Crossing yeah. and Zipper T Bunny, the very first image that, or not the first image, <laughs> one of the first images that came up was an image of this bunny superimposed with half of its face, the <laughs> Bonnie the Rabbit from um, Five Nights at Freddy's. And truthfully, it works pretty well. So yeah. that gives you an idea if you know who Bonnie <laughs> the Rabbit is, that, that Zipper T looks very similar. Uh, in Stardew Valley, do do the other inhabitants have like big time quirky personalities and and stuff? Oh yeah, okay. yes they have they have several things that they do. So they all have jobs, they all have families, mm. um, they have relationships within those families. They have very specific things that you have to give them for gifts that they okay. enjoy and like. And if you give them the wrong thing, your your uh, reputation with that person will go down instead of up. Okay. Um, they all have they all have birthdays. If you give them their favorite thing yep. on their birthday, it's like a f- times five reputation increase instead of the normal reputation increase. Um, they have um, they all have different likes as far as like for example, my daughter um, she married the guy in Stardew Valley who likes sports. So when she married him in their home, they have a basically a sports room. Um, <laughs> so a lot a lot of stuff like that. Yes, they're they're very. Um, very unique. They also have um, somewhat predictable schedules, so you can. Okay. So they might not be at home at any given time, um, but if you know their kind of their pathing and what they do, it if you know where they're at at Tuesday at three, you can go find them. They're they're they always volunteer in the library. You can go to the library and catch the you know the one lady. She teaches the kids on Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. I can't remember, but you get my it, point. It sounds like these games are very similar. But uh, Animal Crossing is just a little more chill. <laughs> like <Okay. laughs> uh, so, the Animal Crossing character design uh, is so great, and they used all kinds of different animals, and 
they all are really cute. And then there's certain uh, animals that really stand out and people have become fan favorites. So unlike Zipper the bunny, which is a hated <laughs> one, there's uh, they just put um, Pascal back into the game, which is a little otter who wears a little like uh, Jacques Cousteau uh, little knit cap. And uh, he's also kind of a hippie. Uh, so <laughs> you'll, when you're diving for, for marine life and, and you come up and sometimes when you have a scallop, he'll pop up behind you and he'll be like, hey, dude, uh, what you going to do with that scallop? <laughs> 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 and uh, if you give it to him, he'll give you something. And then he also like will impart some deep uh, philosophical wisdom on you which is usually BS. But then the best thing happens where he just lays on his back and puts that little scallop on his back and he just slowly <laughs> swims away. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also, I, I, before you guys grade it, I got to mention K.K. Slider. Do you guys know who K.K. Slider is? No. Okay, no. K.K. Slider is a, uh, a white dog who uh, will come to your island it's kind of one of the tasks in the game at the beginning where it's like get your island cool enough so that kk slider will come and play a concert for us and he is a little white dog with a guitar and uh he'll sing songs for you and they're just amazing fantastic songs and in the game you can collect all the songs from kk slider and oh animal crossing also has this like weird animalese talk where they don't really speak any kind of i guess sims did something similar but it's it matches with their uh like 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 an elephant person is gonna have or a a rhinoceros person will have like a really deep gibberish whereas like a little chipmunk might have a really high one (laughs) but uh he sings in that gibberish uh voice and it's the cutest little thing, especially when he does a little howl. Usually, <laughs> every song he'll usually go, oh, and it's it's just adorable. So great. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to go through these categories, and you're going to be forced to grade it. Oh, okay. oh. We, okay. we will give it a go or a no go at the end because yeah. that's really the only informed decision that we can make. Okay. Okay. Great. So the first category is design, and this is just a a category based on. Um, design choices within the game as far as art style and um, you know the mechanics interaction of the game. mechanics how the controller works um, things like that yeah and one to ten is is what you're gonna give this oh man um, I'm just debating if it's a nine or a ten because <laughs> I think that Jay would be so proud <laughs> I think that uh, um, the character design in this game is so great. I would say it, it rivals uh, Pokemon. Uh, in fact, I would say it beats Pokemon because there's a lot of trash Pokemon out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, fire. Of, I like I like Pokemon. <laughs> and you know you know when they've hit a home run with like Pikachu, of course, fantastic. But then like you know. You get other Pokemon that maybe somebody gave up a little bit on, <laughs> like a little undercooked. I, I, I think some of that is on, that are just like is... cells that are dividing. 
Yeah, I think some of that is on purpose. You know, they they like they have to have the underwhelming Pokemon for the yeah. type of person who enjoys the deck of all commons in yeah. Magic. You know, the person who wants to make something excel that is not intended to excel. I okay. Think, uh, but uh, the character design is fantastic, and controls is like one button. <laughs> <laughs> could, could, you, could you play this with an Atari controller? Is that what you're telling me? Very close, very close. Okay. okay. Uh, in fact, I have played this game. <laughs> I was playing a board game online with friends, and they're like, <laughs> they're like, "Man, somebody's really hitting their mouse a lot. What's going on?" I go, "Oh, no, guys, <laughs> I'm also playing Animal Crossing while I'm playing this board game with you online because they're just taking too long. I mean." <laughs> you gotta do those turns, guys. You're yeah. only human, Casey. Yeah. I mean, what do they I expect? Think, I right? honestly think it was a game of Terra Mystica. Oh, <laughs> man. Terra oh, Mystica. And I'm so bored. And I'm just like, okay. Because there's nothing to do when it's not your turn. So speaking of nothing to do on your turn, the next yeah. category is time management. So oh, let me go back. I, I'm going to go 10. I'm going to go 10 on design. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So t- the next category is time management. So mm. uh, considering that this is uh, called the chore simulator yeah. by some, <laughs> yeah. um, how, how well do you feel like your time is spent playing <laughs> Animal Crossing? <laughs> uh, don't, let, don't let Trevor's blatant attempt color your grade here. I'm going to give it, for time management, I'm going to give it a three. Oh, wow. With with an asterisk. Because I feel like I can do this while I'm doing other things. So I can, like, watch a TV show and play Animal Crossing. Uh, (laughs) Then I don't feel so bad. But if I'm just playing Animal Crossing by itself, and then I realize I've been playing for three hours, I feel like I've definitely wasted some time there. So I have to, because we've been been giving the cross-reference, I have to talk about of Stardew Valley for just a moment on time management. Sure. It, Stardew Valley only saves once per day. It's when you go to bed. Oh. So each night it saves, and so you play it one day at a time. And and I swear I've seen my wife has said, um, I'm just I'm just gonna finish out this day, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. dear, I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. And then like two hours later, she shows up. And this is not a normal, you know, this is not a 24 hour day. This is a video game accelerated day. Right. There's there's just so much you can do to extend that, you know, through, I mean, because it uses energy like you would like you would in a a, a, the old school clicky Facebook style games. Okay. But you can can eat food and other things to extend that, Mm -hmm. and and it doesn't force you to go to bed until like two in the morning. And so (laughs) her character gets up at like six a.m. and doesn't go to bed till two every day. It is crazy to me. Interesting. and she does basically the same stuff. Like she'll just go to the mine and she'll mine rocks over and over again. And I'm like, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think in that in that way, maybe Animal Crossing has a little bit of a leg up because it's on the same clock as our real day. So uh, you can and you can also save whenever you want. So I can just go on in the morning, check the turnip prices. Oh, there's a whole stock market of turnips. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you explained that because I, there are so many tweets I have not understood in the past months. Yeah, there's a whole stock market of turnips, and uh, I it's 
I don't know if it's possible to win it, but then I've also heard about like whole groups of people posting about turnips and like my turnips are at 500 bells. Bells are the money, by the way, are at 500 bells. And so here's my friend code. Everybody will go to their um, island and sell their turnips at that island for to get the maximum profit. And then if you're nice, you'll give them a tip as well. Uh, but yeah, sorry <laughs> to get sidetracked. But yeah, I I just feel like it's a I little, love, little I bit love, of a time waster. It's so, bit, yeah. Okay, Casey. So uh, it's it's obvious you that you love this game, and and let me give you a little tip as someone who who likes to grade Don't high things things that I love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the way that you justify a a good score on time management on this, in my opinion, is that like. If if I had a game right now that would give me a little moment of zen, uh-huh. then that would get like a ten time management. Oh, from me. okay. <laughs> because <laughs> that sounds great right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Our scoring so... is going right out the window as we speak. <laughs> and, and the also, integrity of this show is gone. <laughs> I haven't even gotten into the whole terraforming part of of Animal Crossing. Once you unlock, what? yeah, once you unlock uh, the builder permit. You can then start making new waterways and new cliffs and like totally transform your island. So you can go on YouTube and like look up five star islands and uh, because there is a star rating, you get you get ranked on your on your. Uh, you're judged uh, by the video game characters, yes. basically. But also then like you're going to be judged by other people. So like you could go and my wife and I have watched uh, YouTube videos about people's islands and you get inspired by things that they've done. Like some people will make forced perspective waterfalls that like you're up on this cliff and they put little miniature uh, trees and, and trucks down there. So it looks like that's <laughs> oh, really far down. <laughs> that's cool. And they've made like amazing just islands that are, are insane. Like I would definitely check it out. There's people who have put, 400 hours into the game to to make and they'll they'll mess with their clock i don't do that but uh they'll mess with their clock so they can get um all the timed exclusives and everything else so uh yeah there's a there's a lot that people do and, and there's definitely that zen part to it uh but um yeah there's no like beating the game so like <laughs> so you know, that- Put like a lot of hours into say Zelda or something like that, and then you could be like, "Oh, I beat I beat Zelda," and so you have that little you know badge uh, that you can tell people. But th- if you sink 400 hours into Animal Crossing, I I don't know. <laughs> so am I am I hearing it right that I could basically have uh, nerd cred for just playing Animal Crossing? I don't even have to talk about the number of hours that I've played it or not. Uh, possibly, I think so. And then I think, like, depending on on the level of nerd you're talking to, then people could be like, "All right, well, you know, what's your what's your island ranking?" <laughs> <laughs> I feel Animal, like I would fall apart fast. Animal Crossing <laughs> gatekeeping. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, My so Animal our next that would be a house of cards. All right, next category. Go. Our next category is repeatability, which I'm not sure necessarily applies here, since you're saying that. It doesn't sound like this is something that you would. It never. Would, yeah. Well, never, here's how I want you to rate ends. this. If like, if there were a power surge and it wiped your island from existence, okay. How likely would you be to start a brand new island? 
I 100% would start it oh, off. Well, there you go. I, that seems like a pretty solid answer. <laughs> would you ever get to a point where you were felt like you'd completed your island or done whatever you were, you were done with the game to whatever degree you wanted to be, and you're like, you know what, I want to I want to do it again, but I'm going to make different choices. I'm going to build it differently. Are yeah. you? Would you ever go back and redo it? Uh, I wouldn't start from the beginning because I I think that um, hopefully uh, Nintendo will be putting out enough content to keep you wanting to play on the same island. And also you could just, uh, you could totally wipe out your whole island and start from scratch, like built rebuilding it. How without, you, without starting a new character, without starting a new character. But, um, and also there's a weird thing about the game that like, you can only have one. I like once you buy the game and you boot it up, the island that you get, like the 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 outs, the layout of the island. There's certain things on the island that you can't change. That is unique to to your cartridge of Animal or or your I guess digital download of Animal Crossing. So um, I don't know if it. I don't think it would randomize and redo that. You'd still have that same layout of the things that you couldn't change. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, people were saying that because uh, we. Uh, Catherine and I both ha- play on the same thing, but we we live on the same island. We don't have two separate islands. We have different houses, but they're right next to each other. But um, yeah, we don't have separate islands on the same game. I think when you get when you put the game in, that's it. You're like this is your island forever, right. even if you start it over. Mm, I don't even that, know that how- actually might be a so one of the things that my daughter and wife have done with Stardew Valley is they've started new characters to. Yeah. to do different things yeah. um, and and you can select what type of farm you're going to start in whether or not it's in the mountains or in you know in the plains or or mm, whether it's in a, a tropic sort of area and it changes a lot of the things the way the game plays yeah so that is interesting to me that those that that's not really an option but one thing well, you could do is 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 get rid of all well, not get rid of them but like try to force all of your neighbors to move out and get fresh ones, <laughs> all fresh do new and different animals. Maybe that. So I don't know how to how to, how to grade that because. Well, so repeatability, I think in this yeah. in this instance is um, how frequently or how often do you want to continue playing? When do, like do you come home and you're like, you know what, I it's it's time for Animal Crossing. I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. and does that continue on for long periods of time compared to other games? I mean. To me, it sounds what you're describing sounds, at least for you, extremely repeatable. Yeah, I want to check in every day because there's there's something like I can find a message in the bottle on the beach every day that contains a crafting recipe. Um, I can uh, look in the uh, clothing store and see what clothing they have there. So there's there's something that I want to check on every day, and then usually there's a special character that comes around. Uh, so you know if uh, there's a punk rock chameleon that'll come around and you can sell him bugs or get him to make you sculptures of bugs. This, you gotta this know is, that is the weirdest sentence I think I've ever heard come out of your mouth. <laughs> A punk rock chameleon comes by and you want to sell him bugs. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a sporty, uh, just with the fish, there's a sporty otter or no, he's a beaver, a sporty beaver named CJ who comes by. Same thing. Hey man, you got, you got fish you could sell me. Uh, it's great. <laughs> so what's your score? Uh, 
I'm going to say, well, I want to, I want to check in every day, but, um, I'm going to, I want to check in every day, but if I miss it, I'm not sad. So I'm going to say, I'll give it an eight. Okay. So So, you're going to give it an eight. What, what game do you, would you put in your past as higher than that? Uh, Were you ever in a rating guild in wow? For example, no, no, but you know what? In a similar way, uh, I played destiny for quite a long time. And I, you know, started as playing one type and then I was like, well, now I want to play the other types. And I, I repeated that. So maybe Destiny would okay. probably be a 10. Okay, good. Hmm. So the next category is fun. Yeah. Um, fun factor is just the amount of um, enjoyment you get out of a session. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes that might mean that the session has to end quickly because you just it's uh, uh, information overload or it might be because... Um, it's crappy and you don't want to play it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, fun is kind of a, a, one of those characteristics that we can adapt and fit to whatever you want. So whatever you feel, um, how much fun is Animal Crossing? Uh, oh man, it's, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. And, um, I kind of like what I said before, you, you, you get out of it, what you put into it. So if you buy into the relationships and the personalities of all the different uh, characters um i think y- you immerse yourself into that game and you're like oh man uh it's sad when somebody's got a little thought bubble around them and you go talk to them and they're like hey i've been thinking about moving and you're like no please don't move <laughs> 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 uh, so i have a lot of fun playing it um i'm gonna give it uh i'm gonna give it another eight because i I have I think it's a solid constant fun. Does it give me the heights of uh beating uh a boss in like a Zelda or 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 winning a jackpot in, in poker? No. But uh it's solid uh constantly fun and then there are times where like when you find a new fossil and you can donate it to the museum in Animal Crossing. Awesome. You get excited. Holy cow! So you can you can donate you can find and donate fossils to yes. the museum yes. in Stardew Valley as well. Oh wow! <laughs> so I don't know. I'm assuming Stardew probably stole that from Animal Crossing since Animal Crossing the original game probably predates. But anyway, um, so the next one is the overall score. It's kind of a composite okay. of all of these things together, and sometimes the overall score can be low. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the other things are high because of maybe something getting in the way of that, yeah. or maybe, you know, the design is not that great. It's not really that great uh, time management. It's not really that fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall it's actually quite good because of this reason or whatever. So yeah. uh, overall is kind of the whole package. I think that, uh, if I'm being very honest with my, cr- with the critique of animal crossing, uh, I think that I love the design. I love all the characters. I think it's got a, a charm that makes you want to play it. Um, but uh, they're going to have to be diligent in giving us little carrots to, to keep us wanting to move forward because uh, the actual things that you can achieve in the game, you can be done really, really quickly, especially if, if a gamer got a hold of it and he's like, oh, okay, I need to build this and build this and then i can get this person to move in and they can like game it out really quickly uh so i think 
that's a, a bit of a knock against it where um, there's no long-term goals. Like when you're talking about this Stardew Valley that I might, I don't know if I need to check it out or not, because I don't know if I need another one of these types of games <laughs> in my life. But it does seem like the, the idea of getting married and all these other long-term goals that you could have uh, seems like it's got a little bit more meat uh, on on its bones than, than Animal Crossing. But the design and the uh, uh, just the charm of it really push it up there. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a nine. Okay. If it had a bit more uh, long-term goals, uh, then I then it could be a perfect game. Uh, I will say in favor of Stardew Valley that um, when you get tired of this, but you would like a similar experience. Mm-hmm. I think you'd probably get it from Stardew. And the plus side of Stardew Valley is I think we bought it for 15 bucks. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's it's not like you're it's not like it's a huge investment that if you don't care for it you, you know, lost out 50 or 60 bucks like a a full-blown uh you know, big, I did, big name game is. And it might it's probably beyond the point, but when you were talking about repeatability, I should have said I've played several versions of Animal Crossing. You know, this is like mm, yeah. my third or fourth version of this game and i also have the mobile app animal crossing pocket camp camp which is also <laughs> really really good it's different it's a different experience just a little bit but it's it's really good as well so um and in pocket camp they have been doing really good at constantly adding stuff into the game and uh new experiences and new events so if they could just take a little bit of that and put it into the main series animal crossing i think they're going to do really really well so our next category is audience and this is not a score it's more of a description of who you believe the target audience is for the product okay yeah i think the target audience is probably a 10 year old girl (laughs) 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 but i think it's um uh it's such a a cute and charming game that anybody can really get into it uh if, with the right mindset and uh it's it's just pleasant and uh liking to have that pleasant game once in a while where i don't have to kill anything or or collect uh their their bones to then cr- construct a weapon out of <laughs> it's nice it feels it feels fun and uh enjoyable so i'm uh like i i told you guys i think before we started recording i'm 46 and i love it and my wife loves it um but then at the same time i don't think my brother-in-law who plays call of duty all the time would like it and also my sister who's a complete non-gamer i don't think she would like it so uh if you if you're a bit of a kid at heart who likes uh it, we were talking how I like to roll up characters when I was a kid at role-playing games. It's kind of the same thing because these these characters that are living in, these animals that are living in my Animal Crossing village, they don't do much. They say a couple canned responses when I go talk to them. But kind of in my mind, I've made my own backstory of what they do, <laughs> how they live when, when I'm not on the island. Um, so uh, if you have that a little bit of imagination in you, uh, I think you'll it's it's for you, and if like Jay was saying, if you just want a break from, uh, if you want a little bit of moment of zen, 
and a game where you can just kind of walk on the beach and pick up shells, this is the game for you. <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw this in here because we've been we've been comparing them the whole time, and I think it's important to note mm-hmm. that um, Stardew Valley does have an element of combat. Oh. So you when you go into the mines, um, and also when you go to the desert, uh, there are um, creatures who will attack you, and you have to carry a sword and defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, is the is the combat you know deep? Is your is your brother in law or whoever who's playing you know Call of Duty going to want to jump in and mm-hmm. and delve into the mines of of Stardew Valley? No, um, but th- if you if that part of it is something you're not interested in, or maybe something you feel is lacking from your experience in Animal Crossing, that is in Stardew Valley. So mm-hmm. if, if if you're not interested in having to swing a sword at slimes and, and skeletons and other things like that, then you then maybe you should steer towards Animal Crossing. If you do like that idea of potentially having to defend yourself as you're mining for gold and um, and copper and other things in the mines outside of the town of Stardew Valley, then maybe that's where you should go there. So The only thing uh, in Animal Crossing that you'll need to defend yourself against are uh, wasps, and uh, an occasional uh, tarantula or scorpion. And you have to defend yourself with your bug catching net, and you have to catch them before they sting you. Uh, <laughs> but they are very rare. And all the, for example, the wasps only come out if you're shaking a lot of trees. So maybe you shouldn't have been shaking those trees in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our last, our last category, and that's one that we're all going to grade on, is the go or no-go category. Yeah. And basically, for you, is this something that you are interested in or not? Oh, uh, 100%. I'm interested in it. Uh, I, I told you guys earlier, they just released an update earlier that added uh, swimming and uh, diving to collect marine animals offshore of your island. If they keep adding more of that, they said there's going to be a late summer update as well. Uh, I can't wait. Like, I, I'm so in. There's even stuff in this update that I haven't seen yet. Uh, there's a, not to get too far into it, but there's a pelican named Gulliver who will <laughs> get shipwrecked on your island once in a while. <laughs> and uh, apparently there's now a pirate version of him that will show up and he's got pirate themed stuff that you can get from him so uh i i'm so excited when he when he'll finally arrive on my island i can't wait so it is definitely a uh, go for me 100 percent. josh okay i feel like if i finally ever beat cultist simulator this ah. would be a this would be a go for me because i could really? see that it, it would it would like tickled similar fancies without some of the dark overtones <laughs> although although my backstories are probably going to be less you know uh, wholesome than casey's <laughs> so you, you're going to live in the world where tom nook is the uh on the 10 most evil 100 percent, and and his hipster <laughs> otter is is clearly like a meth head or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and there's definitely um like characters that you can get to come to your island that will suit you there's so many uh (laughs) like there's definitely a couple there's a goth sheep that i know of (laughs) a little goth sheep there's a little viking uh uh ox i think who's really cool so i'm sure he's into like death metal (laughs) (laughs) you can kid out you can kid out your uh your islanders uh, how you how you like them and if so that's the one cruel thing in this game is that if you don't like somebody that's on your island, 
the only way to really get rid of them is to just stop talking to them <laughs> 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 and hope one day they they're like, hey, I think I want to move out. You'd be like, okay, I support that decision. <laughs> Jay? Uh, um, so this is one that I like. I feel like I need to convince Brian to play because he's... Yeah, he would love it. I, I He enjoys like the collection games or the the building your room or et cetera. And, and I honestly don't know why he... he well, he's been playing a lot of Cultist Simulator. Uh, so <laughs> I guess there's that. But like... Basically, this boils down to it feels like Casey's question is, uh, do you enjoy fun? And like, evidently, the answer to that is no for me. And so, uh, th- this can't be a go for me. It's like, again, I, it's, I'm just, it completely mystifies me, but I'm, I'm very happy that it brings joy to people. You know, if I may just jump in, it early on when I met you guys playing War Machine, it, the way you guys played it and the way I played it or I approached <laughs> playing miniature games in general were completely different. And to, you know, uh, to War Machine's credit, I think at least it opened up uh, the realm of, of players like yourselves. So it was the same way when I played Magic the Gathering. I wanted, mm. you know, like, oh, I've got elves in my deck and it's an elf-themed deck, but... It didn't mean that that was good, right? And then you guys, when I saw you guys play, I was like, oh my god, I, I've been thinking about this game completely wrong. And there was a competitiveness that I'd never seen in uh, a miniatures game before. So I can see that um, from you, uh, <laughs> because you're a different type of player than I am. And so uh, even just with our War Machine experience, so I can see why this game might not appeal to you, because you think about games differently. Yeah, yeah. So this is a flat no-go for me, and I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why. Sure. Um, the first one is the one, the no direction thing. So I tried for the longest time to get into games that have more direction than this, but still not enough direction for me, and I just failed. And they're um, like Skyrim and um, uh, the all the Bethesda games, honestly, Fallout 3, anything like that. It just felt like... There was so many side quests and so and you could just basically abandon the main storyline. And I just got lost in all of the you can do whatever the heck you want. And I had no guidance or direction because truthfully, maybe I needed to sit down and make a backstory to the character that involved um, more motivations than I'm going to play this game. Because after the after the initial introduction of the game started and I had the opportunity to go in any direction I wanted. I had no direction mm. and I put the games down and I never came back to them. And it feels like this is the same thing, but even less of a theme that I care about. Yeah. So um, the, it just doesn't, doesn't call out to me. Um, uh, truthfully, this probably will get played in my house, but it will be played by my daughter and my wife um, more than it would ever get played by me. And truthfully right now they are neck deep in uh, Terraria actually, but Stardew Valley and Terraria. Um, and it just doesn't feel like, you know they're ready for the next game yet, but maybe the mm-hmm. other one I'm going to give you is you gave a you gave a beautiful analogy where you talked to me where you talked about how some Pokemon suck. Yeah, and, and Pokemon the series I feel like is analogous to this game so well. So the reason I say that is because my son has I believe it's called Animal Crossing New Leaf. It's on his 3ds. Yes, and he is so lost 
all the time with what he's supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. Much like someone who picks up a Pokemon game two or three iterations down the line. Okay. And they're like, they're like, what the heck does, you know, this, this attack that I can learn teach my Pokemon to do? What does it even do? And it doesn't feel like there's any guidance from the game itself. It almost expects you to have played the previous versions. Yeah. And Pokemon is so much like that. It's like, we just sort of expect you to understand that, you know, water Pokemon counter fire Pokemon. And I'm, I'm using that, you know, facetiously because obviously most people would understand that. But when you get to the psychic Pokemon and the other things, it starts getting much more complicated. And I feel like I spent with, with, um, uh, New Leaf, Animal Crossing New Leaf, I spent probably 20 minutes on Google trying to help my son uh-huh. learn how to go to sleep because the game <laughs> did not explain to him. Yeah. And, and the answer that I came up with, and I'm not even sure it's right to this day is that you don't sleep in new leaf. You yeah. just, the reason the game tells you that you're tired is because you've been playing it too long. And it was yes. sort of a, it was sort of a trendy thing with the 3ds to tell you to go walk in, instead of yeah. playing video games all the time. But he's trying to figure out how to go to sleep. And he's asking me, dad, it keeps telling me that I'm tired. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> and he's like, here's, here's, here's my tent and here's my bed. And I'm doing searches and searches. And the truth is, is there's so many animal crossing games that I got various different suggestions yeah. because in some of the games you can go to sleep. Yeah. In other games you can't. And so I spent 20 minutes trying to figure out whether or not my child <laughs> in his 3DS game Amazing. could go to sleep. And I'm like, you know what? Clearly, I just, this is, it's beyond me. I don't get it. So, yeah, that's a good point. Because I think that, you know, I, I, I said 10 year old girl before, but at the same time, like, is it for that person? Because I think maybe you have to be a little bit jaded or. <laughs> busy and you're so busy in your real life that you want to go and just relax and play this game and have no real goal it's just like a chill out game and i don't think a little kid needs that (laughs) yeah well my son is very goal oriented right right okay as far as is what he's doing in the game he's trying to accomplish the next thing move on Mm. to the next thing and so when he hears when he sees the little thought bubble above his character's head that says he needs to rest right to him to him that is a stated goal Absolutely. And then every other video game, it would be right. It would be yeah, like, and, oh. and so he's, tr- he's trying to accomplish that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and anyway, I just, I noticed that it's, it's very interesting. If you're, if you're a Pokemon player that has just jumped in with say sword or shield, there yeah. is a, a, a vast library of games that came before you that, that I, it seems like all the Pokemon. I didn't start at the beginning of Pokemon. I played. I played quite a few Pokemon games, but it feels like all of them fail to explain to you enough as to how to approach. And they, they never tell you that that you shouldn't, you know, level up your Pidgey. You know, they don't yeah. tell you that this is a horrible Pokemon and it's not a good idea for you to try to beat arenas with it. They don't explain that to you. There, there's also a whole breeding system with, um, like dispositions and natures of the pokemon that you're trying like there's it feels like there's doctorate thesis statement you know on (laughs) on breeding pokemon or and all this other stuff that i a i never even really got into but b i also don't care about it like i'm just like oh man that's that's the level of that game that i i don't want to get into i mean do you honestly when you mentioned uh turnip markets i yeah you kind of lost me at that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I do well, love it, some of the turnip tweets, though, so I do appreciate that. <laughs> the thing is, though, if if you don't sell them uh, within the week, they'll go bad. Right, yeah. But that's when you can get ants, and you can catch an ant for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, do you have any last thoughts on, on Animal Crossing, Casey? No, I really think we, we really... Uh, did a deep dive. <laughs> I just think um, uh, if you don't want to play it, which I can totally understand, maybe just uh, uh, like Google uh, 10 cutest Animal Crossing characters and just, just look at them because they're cute. I think the design of, uh, I just can't get over how, how good of a design it is and, and uh, the cuteness and how they just keep amping amping up the cuteness like you you think you've seen the cuteness but then you get like at in my town i have this little hamster and his name is graham and he always wears these tiny little glasses but sometimes <laughs> i'll catch him reading a book and he'll have reading glasses on <laughs> and they're really big and then his, then you finally see his pupils for the first time and he looks even cuter uh, <laughs> it just breaks my heart <laughs> Okay, well, we, we had a listener request, so uh, previously in, in our old edition of Chain Attack, uh, we, we had a segment where we would do uh, audio versions of Dank Dune memes, um, which <laughs> is, is obviously well-suited for podcasts. <laughs> and so uh, they, we, we hadn't been doing it in the new edition, and we had a request to to do it again, and so I, I have one to share with you guys. Jeez, thank goodness, because I'm in no way prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the meme it has a picture of uh, Peter the the Mentat from the the 80s Dune movie, and he's looking at his Sappho juice, and the caption of it says, "It is by caffeine alone I set my mind in motion. It is by the coffee bean that thoughts acquire speed." The teeth acquire stains. The stains become a warning. <laughs> so there is uh, our audio dink do meme again. <laughs> uh, so Casey, uh, yes. we wanted to thank you very much for coming on the podcast, taking your time, and uh, you know I, I'm I'm glad that you did it because um, when the dates for for Gen Con rolled around, I was going to be pretty sad that i didn't get a chat with you so it's it's nice to be able to do a podcast yeah and uh, uh i'm so glad that you guys invited me uh this was real fun uh and yeah i i really feel bad for for you and brian because i, I assume your disney uh trips are going to get cut down uh this year it's or been you... it's been dark times yeah <laughs> so yeah well yeah it's kind of funny. We actually um, we did a trip like Thursday through Friday, right? And then Disneyland closed down like the following Wednesday or Thursday, wow. and so we um, we were there like just before it closed down. So have you and have you guys been to Tokyo Disney Sea or not? Uh, uh-uh, we haven't. Maybe you should use this time to like save up for a Japan trip and think. Uh, I'm not sure that they. I mean, they might be like uh, the EU and they don't want they, Americans. I'm sure they. Them. I'm sure they don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but the uh Catherine and I went one time and Mm -hmm. still to this day she'll get on uh Instagram and be like look at the this popcorn holder that's on sale there or look at these new costumes for Duffy and Stella Lou but it's great it's a great park awesome awesome Well, uh, thank you again, and, and thank you, everyone, for listening.